What do you think about Trump coming down with the corona? I think it's expected. This is number 12. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of 17 Minutes. This is legendary voice Alvin Sheen. It's another Friday before sunset, so please sit back or lay back and enjoy a breath of life for the next 17 minutes. And now, with your host, my friend, LeFou and A. I'm kind of surprised he went this long. That shows how easy it is if you're wealthy to avoid things like this. The most powerful man in the country just seemed to be tempting fate. And I guess he dashed his foot against a stone because he's definitely come down with it. Yeah, I don't know if it says anything about wealth or not. Uh, I mean, it makes me wonder really how serious COVID is because he rarely wore a mask. The people around him were encouraged not to wear masks. He traveled more than most Americans did. He was in larger spaces with more people than most Americans. And it took him six months to get the Rona. He definitely got it. He was taking whatever that medication was that he thought would help him to not get it. And he still got it. I'm sure the White House is being fumigated every day. I'm sure everybody that he was going to meet was tested long before he was going to come there. So he had as much protection as is humanly possible. He is the leader of the free world. He had an entire army around him trying to protect him, and it still got to him. That's my point. So, yeah, that has to do with wealth. The average person in the United States could not have gone this long doing the same things that he did without getting infected. The average person in the world, I think internationally, $36,000 is considered uh, 1%, and that's considered on the verge of poverty here. Even around the world, the average person couldn't do what he did, make all the kind of contests he did without getting infected. And that's that's my point. That is wealth to me. I still don't think it's wealth. I think it's because he's the president. So, you know, he gets spent tax dollars on his own protection, which is appropriate. I mean... That's what his security and medical staff are charged to do, is to protect the life of the president. I don't know that that's wealth. I think that's taxes. I agree with that. And also, I heard recently, uh, today, I think, Governor Chris Christie also has contracted it, which I think he got directly from POTUS. There's no way to know who got it from whom. What if he gave it to Joe Biden at the debate? We won't know for 14 days. Uh, after the debate. He's testing every day, I'm sure, but there's still no way to know. Yep, that's true. So worst case scenario, POTUS has it. He gives it to the VP. 
VP starts showing signs right before his debate. And by the time his debate comes, he's full-blown contracted the virus. Uh, Joe Biden gets it. And I think Pence is in a little bit better health than Biden. And Donald Trump just seems to have a, a stubbornness about him. I think he'll fight it. But nevertheless, all three of them are incapable of performing their duties as the leader of the free world. Wait, uh, incapable when? Sorry, you need to explain yourself. If Trump starts to get worse, ends up going into a ventilator. Trump is not able to perform his duties. Technically, right now, within the first 48 hours of him catching it, Pence should really be POTUS right now. When was the last time any president had a flu uh, and a serious flu or a pneumonia and they retained control of the country? I don't think just because you're sick with a coronavirus or a flu or maybe even in a pneumonia that you're not capable of making decisions to run a country. I don't think that you can call coronavirus the common influenza. I wasn't calling the, the coronavirus a common influenza. Did you call it the flu? But I am saying that the symptoms are very similar. And unless you progress to that point where you do need to be on a ventilator, where you're taking heavy medications that perhaps are mind altering, I don't see any reason to on this day, which is October 4th, by the way, um, I don't see any reason to suggest that the president can't conduct his duties. Okay. I think that's a day-by-day decision. I think I saw a report yesterday, October the 3rd, or actually I saw it this morning, that his doctors yesterday, or maybe even been today, at Walter Reed came out and said the president, his breathing was about 94%, so they gave him some medication. Bam, right there, he is on medication that may alter his ability to make sound judgment. You don't know what medication he's taking. You don't know the effects or the ramifications of that medication. That's like saying if Clinton or Bush had a flu and had been given steroids, or uh, let's say that they had pneumonia, that they had to be given oxygen, that they should have been removed from their post for the moment and their vice president should have taken over. I mean, now you've got to talk about Kennedy and the medications that he was taking. Um, You've got to talk about Roosevelt and the medications that surely he was taking through his presidencies. I just don't think that you're drawing a convincing argument that because the president is taking remdesivir, probably some steroids, I've taken the very same steroids. They don't alter you particularly. They might make you a little tired. I don't think that any of those things are making it difficult for him to conduct his job. So when you took those steroids or whatever, were you able to leave your house and go to work with no no problem? No, I was already sick. So my boss was like, you don't come in. But just because you can't leave your house and go to work doesn't mean you're not able to function mentally, cognizantly in order to make decisions. I could still make decisions about what I was doing every day while I was severely, severely ill. If a war happened right now, if the United States got attacked, is he able to be the leader of the free world and lead the army? All he has to do is make a decision and sign a piece of paper. I think he could still do that. In my job, I'm a one-man band wearing 10 different hats. If I'm going to plan an event, if I'm going to do anything, it's mostly me doing that. I don't have anyone to delegate it to. I don't have a band of advisors and I don't have a cabinet telling me what to do. I don't have anybody that I can assign that work to. He does. All he needs is for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs to come in and say, here are your three choices in the order that I would recommend them. And then Trump 
says yes, no, or maybe to any one of them. You're telling me that if George Bush had come down with the bird flu, that he would not have had to turn up the reins over to Dick Cheney. Or if President Obama had come down with the swine flu, was on a ventilator, you don't think he would have turned the reins over? Trump is not on a ventilator. So when Trump gets on a ventilator, will he then, in your mind, need to possibly turn the reins over? Absolutely. I mean, you you can't do anything when you're on a ventilator. You can't speak. You can't turn your head. You're usually on your uh, head down, usually to prevent you from pulling the ventilator out. You're sedated, of course. Now, is he going to be like George Bush when he had colonoscopies and he was under twilight sedation? Yes. He signed the document and that turned it over to his vice president. He did that, I believe, twice. Is Trump going to do that? I honestly don't know. I think he's unlikely to do it. He's he's going to, I mean, if he goes on a ventilator, he's going to think he's still able to function, which then, then, then the vice president is going to have to make that decision about the 25th amendment. I personally believe a Trump has been proven to be a pathological liar and he's proven time and time again and said time and time, time again, I will lie to the American public. That he's already on a ventilator? No, that Mike Pence has already become the 46th president of the United States. Even if it's only for a few hours, I think Mike Pence has already taken over and is in a position to defend the country if he needs to, because Trump is unable to at this present moment in his present condition. And again, he'll have doctors lie. I mean, one of the first letters came out about his health was like, he's in the best health ever of any president of modern time or something like that. And come to find out the doctor says, I didn't make that letter. Trump wrote that letter. Yeah, no, I know. What I think is more sort of fascinating is that a significant percentage of citizens of the United States immediately when they heard that he had, number one, tested positive, and number two, when he was being flown to Walter Reed, that a massive number of folks living in the United States have been so gaslit by this narcissist for so long that they didn't believe it and that they immediately turned to possible conspiracy theories. I did it. I did it with my best friend and her family. The things that we came up with were very similar what I saw on Twitter and other social media within 10 minutes of the announcement that he was being moved by Marine One to Walter Reed. That in itself is a signal to me that there's something desperately wrong with how our country is functioning and the fact that I'm guessing a majority of the population can't believe their own president is insane. And that's more terrifying to me than whether or not Pence is currently the acting president of the United States, while Trump appears to still be able to breathe on his own and to sign his own name, at least within the last 12 hours, that appears to be true. Give me some examples of the crazy conspiracy theories you and your friends came up with over the past few days. <laughs> I said, uh, specifically because I'm a spin doctor at heart, and then if I was running this campaign, I would have said the risk of saying that the president finally caught the coronavirus is not so significant that we can't turn that around. And there are some great things that can be accomplished when the public thinks that the president has finally caught the coronavirus. It's likely that the populace will respond the way that the Brits did with Boris Johnson he had an uptick. There was a great deal of sympathy. He was doing better in the polls. People were more inclined to listen to what he had to say. 
most of the United States is no longer talking about whether or not Trump is promoting white supremacy or whether or not he himself is a white supremacist. There's not a lot of talk about Amy Cummings Barrett, the replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There's not a lot of talk about Trump's taxes and the fact that he only paid $750 a year for at least two years while he's been president. All of that dialogue goes away. And if indeed you can control the situation where he really doesn't have COVID, you're just telling everybody that he does, then he takes the cocktail he lines the pockets of the pharma kids with more money because now the president has demonstrated that that particular drug or that particular cocktail works. The president, whose health has been questioned by a lot of folks, is also no longer a concern when he has a remarkable recovery, say, within a week. It also means that all of the supporters who maybe were on the fence about, you know, should I go to the rally? Should I not? Now, when he comes out of the hospital and he's victorious against this terrible virus, which they're no longer calling the China virus, they're calling coronavirus, they all turn out in mass in droves and he gets what he wants, which is a huge number of people at his rallies. As a spin doctor in my own crazy head, that is a risk that I would have taken. I absolutely would have taken that. My other friend said, he's going to die. He's going to quote, let's put that in quotes, um, die. And it allows him to just walk away from everything and never have to deal with any of it, you know, relocates to Russia or wherever's friendly to him. And, and that's it. I'm not a spin doctor of any kind. Nor am I, just in my heart I am. I'm not even a spin doctor in my heart. <laughs> For some crazy conspiracy theories off the internet, the first one I would have looked at is Hillary did it. Hillary poisoned his water. That'd be my first one. She fed him a, a Fiji water and it had the Corona in it. The second one would be he doesn't have the coronavirus at all. That's just a Democratic hoax. And the doctors all this stuff are in on the gig. It's the deep state trying to get rid of him. They took him in the hospital and all he has is a mild case of the flu. He said it, but that was all just him being forced to say it. My third one, I gotta agree with what you said. If he survives this and comes out, his rallies will be big. He might even win. I've had people online two months ago like, we hate him, we want him to die, we need somebody else. Now they're like, have mercy on him. Nobody talk, just wish him well so we can beat him at the polls. Beat him at the polls? You have him right now. He's on a hospital bed. Beat him right there. Let him stay in the hospital. This whole thing is going to work to his advantage. This makes me wonder. I don't know. Maybe Trump is the Messiah. Who knows? The average person would have died from this and dropped in the polls. And he seems to be thriving somehow. It's like something, some spirit wants him there. Maybe he's the, the Antichrist. I think any crisis will be as powerful as the Messiah for a short period of time. It's awful amazing how he seems to be a Teflon Don and just not have any of this stuff stick to him. I don't know. It's October. It's going to be a rock and roll show for the next 30 days. So, Whoopi Kaye. Indeed, Whoopi Kaye. Beat him at the polls. 
I'll talk to you very soon. If you're enjoying this show, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. Have a blessed Sabbath and Shabbat Shalom.